the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The message today is from 1 Peter chapter 5, 5 through 11, and the title is Attitudes Necessary for Spiritual Maturity. Attitudes Necessary for Spiritual Maturity. I think any Christian who is really serious about his or her faith would say, I want to be spiritually mature. I want to be spiritually effective. I want to be all that God wants me to be. Well, it's fine to have that wish and that desire, but it only comes to pass when you build your life on certain fundamentals. To be a good musician or to be a good athlete, you have to master the fundamentals. Similarly, to be a good Christian, you have to master the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Spiritual maturity isn't the result of wishing or wanting or hoping or thinking or imagining. It is the result of the fundamentals. We must learn at some point in our Christian experience that we have to apply ourselves to certain spiritual fundamentals if we are going to be mature, if we are going to be all that God wants us to be. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 11, it is as if Peter, at the end of his letter, is saying, No, by the way, let's get back to the basics. And so Peter chooses to reiterate the fundamental attitudes for spiritual maturity, which he gave to the Christians uh, to whom he was writing that are scattered throughout Asia Minor because of persecution. They are in great difficulty. They are suffering unjustly. In some cases, they are suffering without mercy at the hand of people who have misrepresented them. They do not deserve the persecution they are receiving, and so it is all the more important that they get back in touch with the fundamentals of their faith. In times when everything is going well, it might be a little bit easier to conduct yourself in a spiritual way. But when adversity has come against you like a flood, 
you better be good at the fundamentals because it is what you do with the fundamentals in times of great stress that makes the greatest effect. It's the beginning in verse 5. Peter gives a series of commands, one right after the other, which remind us of the basic attitudes necessary for our maturity. If you're going to be mature, you get there by starting out with these basic attitudes. And there are six attitudes that I've listed here on the outline. And the first attitude is an attitude of submission. An attitude of submission. Verse 5a, the first part of verse 5, says, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Now, Peter has already talked about submission. In chapter 2, he tells us that we are to be submissive to all authority. We are to be submissive to government, to our employers, and to one another. And now in chapter 5, he identifies young men, and we could add young women, And why does he do that? Why doesn't he say everybody ought to submit to those who are older? Well, I'm not sure I can tell you what he has in mind or what the mind of the spirit is in this case, but I'm going to take a stab at it. First of all, young men and young women typically tend to be headstrong and impulsive. They tend to be somewhat critical of the ideas of the older generation. God has established a chain of command in the home, in the church, in the workplace, in the government, and in society in general. And one part of that chain rests on the truth that wisdom comes not from the younger, but from the older. Of course, there are numerous exceptions. But the exceptions do not change the general principle that with age comes experience, and from experience comes wisdom. The application is really quite simple. If someone is older than you, you need to listen carefully to what they have to say. When we are young, we tend to think we know all the answers. It is a trademark of the young to be impatient and impulsive. Great confidence is a mark of youth. Tested wisdom is a mark of maturity. Consider these these verses. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 29, Solomon says, The glory of the young is their strength. The gray hair of experience is the splendor of the old. In Leviticus chapter 19 and 32, Show your fear to God by standing up in the presence of elderly people and showing respect for the aged. I am the Lord. Now ponder these verses for a moment. Now why does the writer connect showing respect for the elderly with uh, reverence for God? Because 
disrespecting the elderly is dis- dis- is disrespecting the Lord who established the authority structure of the universe. It is a wonderful thing when those who are younger go to those who are older and ask, what do you think? What would you do? Or do you have any advice for me? And in this case, It's not just those who are older in years, but also those who are older in the faith. That's why the leaders of any church ought to be godly men and women whose faith has been tested and who over the years have developed wisdom. You see, if you are a younger Christian, find someone who is older in the faith and learn from them. Let them show you the ropes of a Christian life. The older must be willing to teach the younger, and the younger must be willing to learn from the older. Peter is saying, in effect, everybody, particularly headstrong young people, need to get in line under the authority of the elders and the shepherds and the pastors. It is a call for honor. It's a call to give deference and respect and submission uh, to the one who provides godly and mature spiritual leadership in the family of God. But number two, we need to have an attitude of humility. Verse 5b and 6 says, All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. See, humility was not a virtue in the pagan world, just as it isn't a virtue today. Humble people today get mocked and trampled upon. They are called wimps by the world. This is the day of the macho man, and this is also the same as in Peter's day. Humility was for weak and cowardly people. The only humility they tolerated in the ancient world was the involuntary humility of slavery. And so Peter is saying, you need to put on the garment of a slave and take on a voluntary humility toward one another. Humility doesn't come naturally to most of us. Humility is really a tricky thing. It is a virtue which if you think you have it, then you probably don't. It is said that the great evangelist Dale Moody used to pray, Lord, make me humble, but don't let me know it. (laughs) You see, even though we can't define humility very well, We all know humility when we see it, and we know it when someone doesn't have it either. Humility comes from a proper understanding of the grace of God. All that we have comes from God. Everything is a gift. Nothing is earned. Humility is not running yourself down or hiding your talents or feeling embarrassed about your gifts, abilities, and accomplishments. What you have could have been given to someone else. 
And someday you must give it all back and give an account of what you have done with what you were given. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 14 and verse 11, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, attitude number three, an attitude of trust. Attitude of trust. Peter in verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. And in Psalm 55 and verse 22, Cast all your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. And in Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, Stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. That is why we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? See, these scriptures are a reminder that we don't have to solve our problems by ourselves, but we can unload all of our worries on the Lord. The reason we can do that with confidence comes from four simple words. He cares for you. Secretly, many of us fear that God can't be trusted to take care of us. And so we decide to handle our own problems and we wonder why we are frustrated and unfulfilled spiritually. Now, I'm convinced that for most of us, our deepest problem, problems are theological, that is, our view of God. You see, we have never settled the question, what kind of God do we believe in? We have never settled the question of whether we believe God really cares for us. No, we think he does. We hope he does. But many days, we are not sure. We can't quite bring ourselves to trust God when we are in a crisis situation. Will I stake my life upon the fact that God cares for me? Until that question is settled, all lesser questions will go unanswered. Here is the genius of biblical Christianity. God cares for me and he cares for you. He proved it by sending his own son to die for us. And the issue was settled for all time at Calvary. Any God who would sacrifice his own son for a person like me or a person like you must care for us. When we come to God, we don't have to convince him to hear us. We don't have to chant or, or shout or burn incense or ring bells or offer a sacrifice. We come as his children and gladly he hears us. We don't have to do anything to make God care for us. We start from the assurance rooted in history that God cares for us. And on that basis, 
we can unload all our worries on him. So the first three attitudes are an attitude of submission, an attitude of humility, an attitude of trust, and the fourth is an attitude of vigilant defense. An attitude of vigilant defense. Verses 8 and 9. Peter says, be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for some victim to devour. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And James 4 and 7 reminds us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now the reason we have to have our priorities right, the reason we need to trust God, the reason we need to be humble and to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. And the reason we need to submit to those in authority over us and to God himself is because we have an adversary, the devil who is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking those to devour. And so Peter says, be on the alert, be watchful, Satan desires to destroy believers. He's always active and he's always looking for an opportunity to overwhelm us. His aim is to sow discord, to break fellowship, to accuse God to men, to accuse men to God, to undermine confidence, uh, and to get us to stop serving God. He is always after us. He goes after people who name the name of Jesus Christ, wanting to destroy and to devastate them. You see, even though obviously he cannot take away our salvation, he can destroy our life, he can destroy our testimony, he can devastate us. Satan constantly seeks out our weak points. That's why he about how foolish it is for us to say we could never fall like someone else who has fallen that we know. You see, every one of us has weak points, and most of us have more than one. It may be an area of temptation, it may be a bad habit, or it may be a besetting sin, the sin which, which comes easily to you. But if you know your strengths and weaknesses, the devil does also. And he knows how to attack and when and where. So be on the alert. We must stand firm in the faith. That means standing firm in the truth of Holy Scripture. The truth of Scripture provides the firm foundation that we need for resisting Satan's attack. Do what Jesus did when, he, when the devil tempted him in the wilderness. Fight back with the word of God. This is what Paul is speaking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, we are human. 
But we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. But attitude number five, an attitude of hope. An attitude of hope. Verse 10, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So how do you, how do you handle days of stress and times of uncertainty? Peter says, look beyond the present to the future. He says, after you have suffered a little while. And that's a whole life compared uh, with eternity. That's 80, 90, 100 years compared to the unfolding ages of eternity. That's sickness now and healing later. That's rejection now and acceptance later. That's failure now and success later. That's the persecution of evil men now and the praise of God later. Today the cross of shame, tomorrow the crown of glory. Weeping indoors for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Though the ultimate fulfillment comes in heaven, the promise also applies to the here and now. Peter uses four words to describe what God will do for those who suffer. He says that he will restore you, he'll make you strong, and he'll make you firm and steadfast. The Living Bible translates the last part of verse 10 this way. He will personally come and pick you up and set you firmly in place and make you strong, stronger than ever. So why will God do all of that? Because he is the God of all grace. It literally means the God of every kind of grace. You see, if you're confused, he has grace for you. If you're discouraged, he has grace for you. If you're upset, he has grace for you. If you're angry, he has grace for you. If you feel like giving up, he has grace for you. If you feel like the world has turned against you, he has grace for you because he's the God of all grace. But um, number six, the attitude of worship. An attitude of worship. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 11. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. He said, verse 11 is like a doxology. Where Peter has said all that he needs to say and he's ending his letter. And he says, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. He said, the heart of the Christian must always be filled with praise. It must always be filled with glory given to God. He has the dominion. He has the power. He has the authority. He has the sovereignty. He is worthy of all our praise. That's the worshiping heart. And when you have a worshiping heart, it keeps you from always questioning the difficulties of life. When you have a worshiping heart, you don't question God. You just worship him. 
For you know deep down in your heart that in spite of the trials and tribulations that you're going through, that you are blessed. Just consider for a few moments how richly God has blessed you. He has uh, made arrangements for your salvation. He has promised to hear you when you pray. He is willing to forgive you when you ask for forgiveness. He is ready to cleanse you from all sin. He is prepared to supply your every need. He has given you a hope that is steadfast and sure. And he has made available to you the power of his Holy Spirit. Oh, the devil would have you question whether you have been blessed or not. But allow me to tell you, if you have heard the word of God preached and your heart has resonated to that word, you are blessed. If you understand God's plan of salvation, you are blessed. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are blessed. If you have known the goodness, the love, and the mercy of God, you are blessed. If you have grasped, grasped hold of the sacred promises of God's word, then you are blessed. And if you have committed yourself wholeheartedly to God and are living faithfully for him, then you are blessed. And so, just as, as Peter got to the end of his, um, his letter, so to our God be all glory and praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.